Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your angel medium, Julie Jancis, and today we're sharing your angel stories. Why do our angels and loved ones above show us signs? Yes, they want us to know they're okay and at peace, but deeper than that, they want us to connect with them so that they can help us more from the other side. Friends, it all begins with your intuition, vibration, and experiencing oneness. Your intuition is your soul's voice. It's also how your loved ones talk to you from heaven. In this podcast, we teach you how to turn up the volume on your intuition so that you can hear their loving messages more clearly. We also teach you how to raise your vibration and feel your oneness with all that is. Friends, you are here to love, give love, receive love, be love, radiate love. And because your soul is love, all you really ever have to do is just be. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your author and host, Julie Jancis. And today we are here with Kelly, who has some very, very amazing angel stories to share with you. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I should let everybody know if you want to follow us over at Instagram at Angel Podcast. And if you want to follow us over at YouTube under Julie Jancis, um, you can see us actually at YouTube. We're live, um, not live in person, but you can see the video of this recording. So Kelly, welcome to the show. And I'm going to have you take it away and start to share your angel stories. Okay. So... My first one, I'll start. My dad passed away in 2012. We were really close. I'm going to try not to cry because I always cry when I talk about my dad. That's okay. Let the tears fall down because (laughs) that's just like a release of energy. That's okay. I have a lot of energy to release then because I, oh my. (laughs) No. So my my dad passed away. He had been sick off and on um, just with some general health issues. Um, So when he passed away, he had been doing really well and it was unexpected. And it's one of those things I remember exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing when I got the phone call. So I um, rushed to the hospital. This wasn't the first time that this had happened where they were like, you know, dad's in the hospital, you know, you need to come in. Um, But this time felt different. Um, My husband was at home. My kids were, he was at my in-laws and I rushed over there to drop them off. So I got to the hospital and my dad had gone, he had passed. Um, he was brought by ambulance and it was just obviously, I mean, for anybody to lose a parent, it's ex- extremely hard, but anyway, so we knew he passed and, um, you know, you go through all the motions and it's just, it's a lot. It was a lot. I was. 20, what, 27 years old when he passed away. And, um, I felt really cheated and mad and I was upset at him and God and everybody else. And it took me a long time to admit that I was mad at my dad more so just because of his health could have been probably prevented had he taken care of himself. Um, a lot of it was unfortunately self-inflicted, um, things that could have been dealt with. So, after, you know, everything kind of 
settled down, you know, the funeral was over and everything. Uh, my mom had asked each of us girls, there's three of us, what we would like for, you know, from dad or of his. And I really, I couldn't think of anything that um, I really wanted other than a Buckeye, which I don't know if you're familiar with those. Oh, like the Ohio Buckeyes? Yeah, yeah. So oh there was my like, gosh. He used to carry them in his pocket and they were good luck, he always said. So he, he carried it in his pocket. And so mom's like, all right, you know, well, she went to look for it and she's like, she couldn't find it anywhere. There were, you know, so I was like, okay, well, there was um, a couple other things that I'd wanted. I wanted one of his sweaters that he wore frequently. Um, whenever well, I say frequently when my dad dressed up and he always looked so handsome when he dressed up, but he always had a particular sweater that he looks. So, nice so that's what I got. That was fine. You know, I was, I was satisfied with that. We figured that the Buckeye had probably gotten thrown away due to, you know, it just being worn out or whatever. He must've tossed it. So through the morning process and um, going through all of this, my aunt Gail, um, which is my mom's sister, she has always always, always been my best friend and more like a sister, but she helped me terribly through this. I mean, just work through things and help me kind of see, see through the dark days. She unfortunately had breast cancer and had been battling that for years. Um, little did I know at the time that it was getting worse and, um, she had not, hadn't told anybody and especially not, not me, even though I knew something was wrong. I'm sorry. But I knew something was wrong. When I talked to her, I could feel it. <clears throat> Finally, it got to the point where she had to tell us that it had gotten quite bad and there really wasn't anything they could do. Um, she was in, in the hospital several times. So she was in and out of the hospital several times, and um, I was with her as much as I could be. Of course, that was pre-COVID, so that was very nice because I could go up to the hospital and see her and spend a lot of time with her. So we knew that she wasn't going to make it. It was in December, and my family and I had planned a little trip to um, Branson that weekend, and my aunt was in the hospital. There was a very good chance she wasn't going to make it through the weekend. and. I was going to cancel my trip and Gail made me promise I wouldn't, of course, because she, she wasn't going to have it. And so I went and of course I, you know, we, we enjoyed our time, but it was just, you know, always in the back of my mind. I was so worried something was going to happen while we were down there. And that's about two hours away from the hospital where she was. And I knew I wouldn't be able to get there. So, um, we went and, um, she, she made it through the weekend, which I was very thankful for. But as I was leaving, I got a phone call saying, you know, Gail's getting worse and she's, you know, not really conscious right now. We just wanted to let you know. So we rushed back home. My husband dropped me off at the hospital and he went home with the kids. So I went up and I talked to her and told her, you know, I was there and, you know, I didn't want her to suffer anymore. And that you know, I understood that she had to go and, um, she was completely sedated and 
not responsive to anything. So I stayed there for a few hours um, with some of my other family and um, I ended up leaving with her husband and her two children. And we went to do a little shopping because they had to get things to wear and make arrangements and stuff. Um, and later that night she did end up passing. Um, you know, we went through all the arrangements. I went with my uncle and uh, nephew and niece through the whole process, which was extremely difficult because we had just done it in August. My dad passed away. Um, and this was in that same year in that December. So it was hard walking into the same funeral home, the same place and going through, you know, initially, you know, it, it was the same thing as what we had just done a few months prior. So this whole time I am just praying and Again, I have so much, so angry and frustrated that two people that I love so much were taken. They were taken from me and I felt like it was so soon and um, just too much to deal with. I'm close to my sisters too and I was talking to them too, but I felt like, I always felt like I could be more open with Gail um, and telling her things. She never judged me, not that my sisters judged me. I just felt like I could tell her anything. So in this process, I um, am telling her and dad, I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know, I don't have dad to get me through Gail and I have Gail to help me get through dad's passing. What am I going to do? I was like, I just need a sign. And I mean, I begged and I cried. And the day of my aunt Gail's funeral, I was rushing around trying to get ready. I have, at that time I had three small children. I was going to take, I wasn't going to take them to the funeral again because I just felt like it was too much um, for them and for me. So I was getting them ready to go to my in-laws and I, I can't tell you what I was looking for, but I was looking for something in the living room and um, I pulled up my couch cushion and there's a Buckeye underneath my couch cushion. <laughs> I don't know where or how there's zero explanation my husband doesn't carry one nobody i mean i how that got there is uh beyond me but i just i stopped and i was like okay so they're here they understand that i need their help so i went you know we went we went to the funeral and through the whole process and you know everything. And I was still very upset, obviously. And it took me a long time to, and I still, obviously I'm, I'm crying my eyes out, um, to work through this. And one day I had come home and it was particularly hard day. I can't tell you why or what it was, but again, I was talking to them and, uh, asking for another sign. And when I found the, I should tell you this, when I found the original Buckeye, I put it into my purse and that's where it has stayed. So. I get home one day and I walk in and I have an island in my kitchen and there's another Buckeye laying in the middle of the island. Nobody had been home. There's nobody that could have put it there. And there it is just laying there. And I just had full chills all over my body and I picked it up and I was like, okay, guys, I got it. <laughs> you're here. You're helping me. You're watching over me. You know, you hear me and you see me. So 
that's that's my first angel story. That's one I hold very dear. That's probably one of my favorite, or if not my favorite story, because um, I've never to this day quite had anything that big happen where, I mean, I've actually found something that wasn't, wasn't there, you know, I mean, I, I get feathers frequently, but I always feel like, okay, you know, that's more something that you would find. I mean, a Buckeye is not something that you just find laying around. Well, I was going to ask you that, you know, because I'm from the Midwest and, you know, you go yes. out and, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, what are they? Pine cones are like a dime a dozen, right? You go, but, and I, um, so I got to, you. I used to work for a college and our college uh-huh. faced off with Ohio State one year at Ohio State. So we got to go there and I was like, man, I missed out. This college is the funnest college of all colleges. If I knew <laughs> what I knew now, I would totally go to Ohio State, hands down. Um, but uh just for the social aspect of course oh, really? I, I don't know, know if that. people know this but it's like right near a downtown so like <laughs> oh yeah like you just go uh-huh. and it's the funnest campus on earth and then you walk downtown <laughs> like the and then there's yeah. like more I, I guess i'm a social butterfly i like mm-hmm. the social aspect <laughs> But getting back to my initial question over here, um, so pine cones are a dime a dozen in Ohio. I'm actually, from Missouri, guys, like so a dime a dozen. Like, do you see them everywhere um, outside? A lady that I used to work with had a buckeye tree in her oh. yard, but that was the only um, wow. place. It's not like it's, no, huh? no. I had never. I didn't even know where they but came not like from it's until in your neighborhood. I was, an adult. I was like, oh, they come off a tree. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought maybe they came from bucks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So that's crazy. So, well, that's fascinating to me because, you know, like it would be one thing if you were in Ohio and these things are all over the ground, but I think this clarifies for everybody, like just how rare and how special special and not something that I ever expected. And I, once was amazing twice was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I still get chills when I, I think about it because it's, it's such a confirmation to me and it was so comforting to me to have have them give me that big of a sign. I've we've lost a lot of people in our family and I've never, you know, those that was the hardest. Those two were the absolute hardest. I mean, I love my grandparents and my uncle and stuff, but I mean, it was just that those were the two hardest deaths I've ever had to uh go through. And to get that big of a, a confirmation from them that they are still here with me and watching over me and that they are, you know, seeing my kids and they're going to be here was just, I don't know. I can't even put words to it. It was just extremely touching. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things that popped up in your story that I wrote down. You know, one of the things that you said was that you were mad at dad for not taking care of himself. And um, I totally felt that when you said that just to the core of me, because when I when you said that, I felt his energy come through and really speak really loudly and clearly. And what he showed me is it's so hard 
right? Like it's so hard to just be a human being and all of the stress and the anxiety and everything that goes along with life. And I've been facing this, like, if I don't eat a very specific way, this whole like horrendous pain in my chest comes back, this horrendous pain in my esophagus. And yet it comes back if I just don't eat meat vegetables and I can't even eat all fruits. It's like watermelon um, and cantaloupe. Right. And, and he said, Julie, and I gotta be honest with you, Kelly, it's a choice, right. That I am having to get up and make every single day of like, okay, this is what I have to do for my own health right now. And I have to be honest in that there's been some days where I've almost like grieved food because we come from an Italian family and it's like food is the way that like I comfort myself and food means I love you, you know, and I I know that it really doesn't, but it's just the way that I was socialized, right? So he was coming through showing me some of this and he said, I wish I would have chosen differently. And he said, it was easy for me in the moment to say F it all and just and not take care of himself because he said to some degree in my humanness, I just wanted to live. Right. And I was just like, you know, like we all are sometimes just trying to survive. And and yet he said going through what he went through and going to the other side and going through his karmic life review and having to feel the pain that everybody went through and losing him, we know earlier than he should have gone. He says he's sorry and he just needs you to know how sorry he is and that he feels it on a different level. Does that make sense? I don't have a brother. Um, It was my mom's Um, brother. Do you have the brother, Uh, Kelly? He's passed. I do. I have a brother-in-law, um, two brother-in-laws. I feel like there was two energies coming through one of a brother and have one a son, yes. of, um, your son. Do you have one son? He's my youngest. Okay. Um, and is he one of your younger Okay, because your dad keeps saying that one of the other signs that comes through is like you see him sometimes through your son's um, like mannerisms or like the way that and I need you to know it's kind of like a puppet, right? Your dad's not in your son's body. He's not taking up his energy, but he's able to manipulate things so that what you see registers for you that that's oh my God, like that's so dad right now. That's so dad coming coming through. You aren't going to put all this on YouTube, yeah. are you? I'm like, what are you? No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. I will put it on YouTube, but you look great and you're totally fine. Um, no, I love you. Um, okay. So, so my next angel story is angel when I was story. younger, Let's tell that um, one real quick. I was 13 when I lost my grandpa. And I've always known that um, I'm very intuitive, uh, but this is probably one of the first times that I really realized um, there was something more to it. Uh, so when I was 13, 
well, really when I was younger, I should say my grandpa used to come pick me up, but he was very early riser. Um, and when I say early riser, like 3 a.m. And he loved to fish. So we had a fishing pond of <laughs> that we would go to frequently. And he would always say, I'm going to pick you up early. And I'm like, okay, grandpa, what time? <laughs> and he's like, oh, probably five, five minutes, more like three, three thirty. So he would, he would come and my dad was a horrible sleeper. He was up all the time watching TV all night. So, or, you know, laying on the floor doing, you know, watching something or not sleeping. And he always knew when grandpa got there, he'd hear him pull in and grandpa would come in and they'd let me sleep till maybe 4.30 and that was sleeping late. And then dad come up and be like, okay, grandpa's here. You know, <laughs> you need to get up and get going. He's, he's chomping at the bit. So I would get changed and I dragged downstairs and I'd be like, all right, grandpa, let's go fishing. And so we'd take, and he was a crazy driver. So we, we'd go down to the pond and, and fish. So we did this, I mean, all the time. So one night I was, um, dreaming and I had a dream and it was my grandpa and we were like in, in a field, like kind of up on a hill by a tree. And he was sitting there and he's like, I have to go. And I'm like, I don't want you to go. And he's like, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. I love you. You know, well, I'm always going to be here with you. I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, you know, he told me goodbye essentially. And I remember waking up and I, I laid there and I was like, that was so weird. And I was supposed to babysit my sister Sheila's kids that day. Um, or her, I don't remember what she was doing, but anyway, I was supposed to babysit. Um, so I get up and I start getting ready and I could tell something was wrong with my mom. They wouldn't tell me what I, my sisters lived actually across the street from each other. Um, so my mom drove me to my sister, Sheila's house and picked Sheila up and Sheila, I could tell had been crying. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's weird. Nick didn't leave. And he was, that's her husband, my sister's husband. And I was like, why am I babysitting? If Nick is still here, I could tell something was wrong with him. He's like, I'm going to go do, he just kind of made an excuse to go downstairs and do something. And I saw my other sister come running out of her house and get into the car. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And I didn't even think about my dream. It didn't cross my mind. Um, I just went on to play with my nephew and niece. And later they came back and told me that grandpa had passed and I did not take it well, <laughs> obviously. Um, I, so, and I honestly, I don't even think I thought about that dream until a couple days later. And I was sitting there and it was just like, it hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh, grandpa came and told me goodbye that night before he passed. And then I have one other story about grandpa, if we have time. Okay. Um, so when I, when I was younger again, they owned a dance club. It was called the Lomo club. And, um, when my grandma got sick, she had Alzheimer's. So she was in a nursing home and stuff. And my grandpa wasn't in great health. He had a lot of heart issues, but my parents took over running it for grandpa. And, um, it was 
country music and like old time kind of like we like waltzing and square dancing and all that stuff. That's how I grew up, <laughs> grew up dancing to all that stuff. So one day uh, when grandpa was still here on earth, he was, I don't know, I can't remember what song it was. It was a waltz, but he had requested a waltz and they played it. And he's like, I'm going to dance with my sugar. That's what he always called me, my little sugar. And um, my dad's like, my grandpa, to be fair, he was on oxygen. I mean, like he was not in good health at all and got winded walking across the room, much less trying to dance. And my dad was like, dad, you can't go out there and do that. You know? So grandpa was like, finally, okay. You know, he, he was not very happy, but he didn't. So one night I had a dream and we were, I was in the concession stand, which is where I typically was. I would work back there and stuff. (laughs) There was a door whenever you walked in, it had like the old latches on it, you know, like where you flipped it. Well, we always had it latched because, you know, that way nobody could come in if we walked away and I'm standing there at the register. Um, and I see like the latch come up and I'm like, what the heck? And my grandpa walks in and I can just see like him from here to about like his chest. And I start crying and I'm like, grandpa, what are you doing here? You can't be here. He's like, I can be here. And and I was like, well, you died. And he goes, I did. He goes, and you know what? Now I get to come back and I get to dance with my sugar. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. This is so, yeah, I have, I have so many sweet stories like that. I'm very blessed in, <laughs> in the communication that my loved ones give me, but yeah, yes, are, you those are. are some of my favorite stories. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Callie, and blessing everyone here with just these stories that inspire hope and inspiration in others, right? Because if you see a sign one time, you are open to signs. And what scientists say is that when you open your energy and your belief system to believing in, they call it synchronicities. I like the word signs more. Uh, When you open yourself to these signs, what happens is you see more and more and more and more. And so um, kudos to you for just opening your energy. It's an amazing step in awakening. And just continue to work with your loved ones on the other side because they are right there for you. Um, And just guiding you every single day of your life. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, to everybody listening, if you want to join us over on Instagram, I'm going live um, some weeknights. I I have you on if you like press that little oh gosh what it looks like um a camera like a film recorder with a plus sign in it when you go live and you see me going live you press that button and it says hey i want to go live with julie and um, when you do that i can see it on my side and every time um that i'm on if i have time Maybe once or twice a week, I try and bring somebody else on live with me over there. Um, you can follow me over on Instagram. I'm at 
Angel Podcast. Friends, thank you so much for being here today. Open up your heart to all of the unexpected blessings, gifts, miracles that your loved ones are trying to bring into you right now. Beautiful souls, I just want us to take a moment and pray together. I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I just want you to feel your crown chakra opening at the top of your head. I want you to feel God's loving oneness energy pouring like a waterfall of love into your entire body, surrounding your auric field, filling every molecule of space within you, surrounding you. And I want you to feel that you are so filled to the brim with oneness energy that it begins to radiate out like the rays of energy that radiate out from the sun. And friends, what I want to do this month is every time you come to the podcast, I want us just to pray together. The reason we pray, we have shown it scientifically, it does make a difference. When you pray, they have shown scientifically that it does something within another person's energy field. That person might not know that they are being prayed for, but something is happening energetically. So let's come together right now today and just pray. Ah, Danny, if you could take that over again. So let's just come together today and pray. There's a lot happening in the world right now, and this is not about letting fear consume you. This is about taking your energy and directing it the way you want it to go. And so we're going to use our intention today. We're going to use the love that God has just poured into us today to radiate that love out, radiate our intent, prayers, ask God to surround angels with the people on earth who need it. And in particular today, we're going to ask that God surround with angels, the people of Ukraine, to provide the people of Ukraine with angels that give them strength, that give them hope, that give them divine wisdom. Friends, this isn't a political thing whatsoever. This is a human thing. This is a collective consciousness thing. And what we're doing today is bringing more love into this world. So I want you to just take a moment to pray with me. Dear God, universe source, we know that there are babies that uh, should be in a NICU right now, special needs children who should be in an ICU hospital right now who are not able to because of the conflict that is happening in Ukraine. And God, we ask you to protect those children, to heal those children, to surround those children with the angels that they need to give them 
everything to become fully 110% healthy. God, universe, source, we pray for the mothers who are pregnant right now, who are fear-filled of how they're going to give birth, where they're going to give birth. We ask you to put their hearts, their minds at ease and create a safe place for them to bear children into this world. God, we pray for the displaced families the children who are unsure of what's going on, who have fear in their hearts. We pray for those children to be surrounded by angels of comfort, angels of love who fill them up so that they know they're not alone and they feel a semblance of safety, of security. We also pray for those displaced families, those who are left behind, those who are still fighting. God, we ask you to give them courage. We ask you to give them strength. We ask you to fill them with every single thing that it is that they need to get through this time in their life. God, Universe Source, we ask you to provide everyone in Ukraine with angels to surround them. God, Universe Source, we also pray for those who have lost somebody in this conflict, that you help bring healing to the hearts of those who are left behind. And friends, I just want you to take a moment to add in your own prayer right here, right now. Friends, your angels ask you to hold a vision of future earth. And that is one filled with peace, with love, where there is all peace on earth. And if your egoic mind comes in, gets in the way and says, that's not possible, Julie, it is. We all have to hold that vision within our minds right now. So start by holding it within yours, by seeing all of earth as peace-filled, as loving towards one another. Your angels say that now more than ever, it's so important for you to do your own work on yourself because when you're spiritually healthy individually, it leads to us being spiritually healthy as a collective. So doing the work on yourself individually lends itself to peace within all. When you have peace within you, we can have peace within the collective. So friends, please know that your angels do not want you to be fear-filled. They want you to, anytime your egoic mind brings in fear, use your intention. Use your ability to pray. There is no wrong way to pray. To pray for people you care about, even if you don't know them. Use this opportunity to look at your own life, 
and the lessons that God, universe, source, your angels are trying to bring into you right now on how to bring more peace into your life. So that as you create a more peace-filled world for yourself, we can come into a more peace-filled collective as a whole. Friends, I want you to see one more time peace on earth, peace within yourself, peace within your own life. I want you to send that energy that you are filled with, that oneness energy out to the world, out to the people of Ukraine, out to everyone on this planet who needs it. Remember, it's not coming from you. It's coming through you from God, universe, source. If you allow it to, that oneness energy is an unlimited source that will flow through you to everybody who needs it here on earth. Friends, thank you for coming together. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for sending love out into the universe. Every single time your egoic mind tries to bring you back into a fear state, I just want you to stop for 30 seconds, call in your angels and just pray. Just feel that oneness automatically radiating within your body and just send it out into the world to those who need it. Friends, I love you. Spirit loves you. Your angels, your loved ones on the other side, they are looking out for you. They're with you right here, right now. Open up your heart to miracles, to blessings, to this vision of peace filling this world. Bye, friends.